Well, happy Friday, the last one in March, if you can believe that or not already. It is the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gamison. And uh, as with uh, all months that end with five Fridays, we are here with a Freeform Friday episode. For those that may be new to the show, it basically means that uh, we still have notes because I've learned as a podcaster not to go without notes <laughs> for the most part. Uh, there's a couple exceptions in our archives. But what it means is we we try to um, find some fun stuff that doesn't don't really fit into any of our other themed episode or series, and we bring them out for Freeform Friday, which um, it, 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 which I think um, it would now would be a good time to let you know that we are always looking for new content for that. So if you have any content that you would like us to cover, any fun articles that you find, or any hymn stories that you want us to cover, or any fun short videos that we should be aware of for this feature, uh, you can contact us with the contact information at the end of the show, and we would be glad to incorporate it. Uh, but uh, we're ready to... Uh, Ring in spring, so to speak. Yes. Although we're not going to talk a whole lot about spring in the material that I have here. I'm just excited about spring because that means the cold weather, hopefully, as you're listening to this, is almost gone, if not gone entirely. And we are enjoying longer days. As Adam said, right before we hit record, we are recording in the evening hours after 6 p.m. and we can still see the sun and this is a good thing it is gorgeous oh so adam uh, why don't you start us off with our hymn story for the day and the hymn we're focusing on today is Ten Thousand angels which was written by ray overholtz who in 1958 actually at the height of his show business career where he started ray overholt wrote his now famous song Ten Thousand angels This is him talking out loud about the story of how it came to be. One day, I thought to myself, I've written secular songs, but I'd like to write a song about Christ. So he opened the Bible and he says, I knew a little bit about the Bible and verses from my mom, but I began to really read how Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane told Peter to put away his sword. Jesus told Peter that he could ask his father and he would send 12 legions of angels I didn't know at the time that that would have been more than 72,000 angels. I thought a good title for the song would be, He Could Have Called 10,000 Angels. The more I read about Jesus, the more I admired him for what he had done. As I was playing in a nightclub actually in the state of Michigan in Battle Creek, when the Lord impressed me to write the song, I wrote the first verse and put it in my guitar case. I then told the club that I was quitting. I finished the song and sent it to a publishing house, which reluctantly agreed to publish it. Sometime later, I found myself singing at a small church, and I sang he could have called 10,000 angels. After singing that and following the performance, a preacher spoke a message that that gripped my heart, and I knew I needed Christ after that. So I knelt there in that moment and accepted as my Savior, the one whom I had been singing and writing about. What's interesting is, is after that, Ray Overholt then became a traveling singer and preacher. And it was actually because of his own song that he was saved, which you don't hear that much about many authors and writers of their own hymns. But in this case, that was the truth back in the early 1960s. And I think this is such a cool 
uh, fact, um, it kind of reminds me of Ben-Hur, which I believe Blue Wallace wrote uh, because he wanted kind of the same thing, to prove that he could write a Christian novel or a novel about Christ. And in, I think through the process of writing it, he came to know the one who he was writing about. So yeah. very similar story. And I just, I really I really like this song. It's always been one of my favorites. And I actually sang it for a Good Friday service, I think, one year um, when I was growing up in the Baptist church. So I just wanted to share this with you, and I will have a link uh, to the website, which is our source material for this story, as well as for the pianist uh, who is playing in the background. Um, I w- want to... Uh, let this whole rest of this video play because it's so good and uh, hopefully uh, you can give this young lady some more uh, YouTube views because she's a very skilled pianist I didn't uh, have a chance to, to speak to her before I, I shared this and I don't know her but hopefully by sharing the, the link in my uh, blog it will uh, get her some more um, views and some more attention because she's doing the fabulous job uh, with this piano playing so I hope that you will think about um, this song and one of the reasons why we do the hymn stories is because it gives you a new perspective on these songs and one of the things that I really like about um, these songs is they're very story oriented Mm -hmm. I think much more so than some of the modern uh, songs that we had that we sing, uh, which are good in their own right, but I like the how um, in in a lot of old hymns, the story builds from one verse to another. It's kind of interesting because um, the church that I go to right now, we we sing all of the verses for all the songs that we sing when, when we sing a song at church. When I was in the Baptist church. Uh, we would sing the first and the third. So we would skip part of the story (laughs) of the song. So I just really appreciate that. But I hope that you enjoyed hearing about 10,000 Angels, and I just think it's really interesting uh, that he was saved basically through the ministry of his own song. So God was working in his life even before he realized that he really needed God, which I think was awesome. All right, well, Adam... Something uh, fairly momentous has occurred since the last time we recorded a Freeform Friday. Uh, Would you like to fill our listeners in to what that was? Well, uh, the fact that there are now two Chick-fil-A's in West Michigan. I have been very, very excited about this, and I would have camped out if I didn't have a job. (laughs) And Adam uh, and I were just talking about how bizarre it is that they were supposed to start in Holland, Zealand, where we record. Yeah. And as of now, they've re- they've opened two West Michigan Chick-fil-A's, and neither of them have been in Holland. And Adam said he was recently by the proposed location of the Holland Chick-fil-A, and there is no signs of activity. No. So we're not sure what's up. We may or may not solve that conspiracy on a future <laughs> Freeform Friday, but we're happy to have Chick-fil-A in West Michigan. And so I thought it would be cool if Adam could share with us a few facts about Chick-fil-A as we found on mentalfloss.com. And we will include this article 
because we're not going to have time to go through all 11. But Adam, if there's two or three that look interesting, could you go ahead and share those? Well, it's very interesting the fact that Chick-fil-A did, in fact, invent the chicken sandwich. It was actually back in 1946, Samuel Truett Cathy and his brother Ben opened a small restaurant called the Dwarf Grill in Hapeville, Georgia, roughly 80 miles from where they are born in Eatonton. And uh, according to the company, Kathy was approached by the owners of the Good Brothers Poultry Company of Atlanta with a problem and a potential offer. And that set of brothers, Jim and Hall Good, had been asked to provide boneless, skinless chicken breasts of airline meals. But at the end of their process, the chicken did not meet airline requirements and could not be used. So Kathy agreed to accept the shipment of chicken and began developing a way to make it work for his restaurant's menu. I think this is proof that this is God blessed this chicken because it went from an airline meal to what we eat now today at chick-fil-a and i bet the airlines wish they had chick-fil-a <laughs> <Yeah>, that's <laughs> right now they just have bags of peanuts and some water and maybe a half a can of coke if you're not the back of the plane um actually the company speaking of peanuts is the largest buyer of u.s peanut oil i thought this was a big uh five guys burgers place thing you know how they cook all their fries and yes. stuff in peanut oil um well, basically, all the sandwiches are fried in 100% refined peanut oil. So it's not any canola or stuff that's, like, really, really bad for you. There is some good news for people that have peanut allergies, though. Some of Chick-fil-A's grilled menu items are indeed done with different oil. I know that my sister, who has severe peanut allergies, can have, like, the grilled chicken nuggets or the grilled chicken sandwich. Mm-hmm. So... For those of you who, like my family, kind of lamented that Chick-fil-A was going to be yet another place where we couldn't go as a family because she was unable to eat there, there are options. That's cool. So, so yes, that is cool. And did you have one more <laughs> fact on here? Oh, uh, how I do. You know the commercials for Chick-fil-A, the cows that say eat more chicken? Yes. The cow mascots in each real-life cow that star in those commercials, they actually have names. Okay. Can you fill us in? Uh, one's named Freedom because why not? Uh, Freckles, also Cat, and uh, and Molly, you know, because Molly's a cow name, I guess. So, so Freedom, Freckles, Cat, and Molly. I, I'm not sure which one or is which. That's, yeah. that's the only bad thing. But um, – they're caretaked by Cowboy Phil. So <laughs> if you ever see, you know, a cowboy with a hat that says eat more chicken, it's probably Phil. You know, I was thinking, they've done all kinds of crazy stunts with the Chick-fil-A cows. Yeah. So, so allow me to lay this on you as, as, a, as an idea. <laughs> you know how Netflix is all about original programming, right? Oh, yes. So what if the Chick-fil-A cows got their own Netflix show? <laughs> I, I'd watch it. <laughs> Absolutely. Just throwing that out there. I'd buy some Chick-fil-A and, and then if I'd they want, it. If they wanted to go tech, really technical, they could use the real-life cows and just CGI the mouth. They could. <laughs> uh, That's true because yeah, I don't know how much dialogue there'd be if but, it was just the cows. More likely it would be uh, computer animated. But I think, I think uh, we could get Dan Cathy on board, who is the current chairman of of Chick-fil-A. I think so. And the program probably couldn't air on Sunday, but otherwise it'd be fine. Yes, uh, but see, on Netflix, you can stream it whenever you That's want. That's true. A little life hack oh. there. <laughs> hmm, I didn't think about that. So when you can't get your chicken on Sunday afternoon, you could watch the chickens on Netflix. <laughs> Again, this <laughs> is go. purely my idea. 
I don't want to start any wild rumors, <laughs> but uh, eat more chicken, people. It's good stuff. It is. Oh, I might get some after the show now. <laughs> All right. So, Adam, um, was there anything else that has come up that you find kind of to be interesting, either in the world around us or just something you saw on the Internet that you'd like to share with us on this Freeform Friday? There is, actually. Um, I actually found Molly in Freedom in Backyard the other day. I'm kidding. No, no cows. <laughs> but uh, Meyer is doing something really interesting. They've actually teamed up with an app called Shipped. And what you can do now is if you download it, you can actually order your groceries from Meyer, And they're hiring people to bring that to your door with as little as an hour within when you made that order. And and they're running it much like Uber. So yes. if you want to be a shipped driver, because I did hear about this, you can sign up with the shipped app to be a driver, much like Uber. And so I really, you know, I really like the the way that the internet is allowing us to expand what it means to own your own business. I know people that drive for Uber and they really like it. So and uh, so if they can do that for groceries. That would be good. Absolutely. And someone was mentioning too, like, you know, for people that maybe can't leave their house or they're housebound, you know, this would be a great option. And I know in certain big metropolitan areas, Amazon has ordering where you can get stuff within hours. So I wonder if it's the same concept in those big areas. I, I feel like it will be. I don't know if it'll be like a drone that brings it to your door. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I was thinking about the whole drone delivery thing. And as cool as it sounds... You're not going to see drones flying around delivering big screen TVs. <laughs> right. There'd be a lot of unhappy birds if that was the case. The biggest thing they can probably deliver is like uh, Bluetooth speakers or something like that. Yeah. That'd be small enough not to be obtrusive. Because can you imagine what a headache it's going to be for the FAA when drone delivery. Oh, boy. When they actually start testing it for real. <laughs> oh, jeez. Woo. Don't jump too high on that trampoline. But anyway, we learned three um, – interesting facts about chick-fil-a and there's eight more on this list and i will include that in the blog post for this episode i always tell people to go to the blog for additional information about the show and that's especially pertinent on freeform fridays so we want to make sure to direct you to the blog and that's where you can comment about the show give us ideas you can leave a voicemail that's the way to be involved here and we really want to make this show better as we continue We've been doing this for almost four and a half years. We love it, but we want to do better. So we thank you for all of your input, and we hope that you you are able to get out and enjoy Chick-fil-A wherever you are. And if you happen to be in a place where they don't have Chick-fil-A yet, just know that we waited a long time for it to come to West Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> but it's finally here, and we are enjoying it. Amen. All right. Well, um, we have a couple. Um, usually I have like one humorous thing uh, that I want to share with you um, on every Freeform Friday. Today we have two. They have similar themes. And please know before before these go on that they are purely a joke. Okay? Yes. There's a little germ of truth in every joke. Um, <laughs> and so... But just know that these are meant as a joke. They're not meant to offend anyone. But I thought they were too funny to pass up. So the first one that we're going to hear is a song 
which I didn't realize until I went back to get the video for you guys, but it actually was presented um, as the opening of a session for a church conference. So the guy that did this, I believe, is a is a believer, and he just had some fun with um, the idea of millennials. So let's hear what he has to say. Ding, ticka, ding, ticka, ding, 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 ding. There he sits inside your local coffee shop, sporting a main bun and facial hair. Somehow he believes, although he has no job, that by his 30s he will be a millionaire. M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A-L, gotta love millennials. M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A-L, gotta love millennials. She posts lots of selfies on her Instagram. <laughs> Hopes to change the world while wearing yoga pants Armed with her dreams and knowledge of essential oils us <laughs> all right well i just thought that was too funny uh to pass up sharing with you and can you see on the video what this gentleman's name is uh, his name is micah tyler and a fun fact he is actually an artist in uh, christian contemporary music right now all right i did not realize that yeah um but micah tyler um and he of course he there's a lot of uh, ma- uh major part harmony in that video all of which he did so it's basically if you watch this video which i'll post the link um but if you watch this video um you'll see four or five uh micah taylor's (laughs) on the screen doing all the parts and all the riffing 
for this song. And I just really enjoyed it. And I may have to see if I can contact Micah via Twitter or something and maybe have him on the show and talk a little bit about what inspired that song because I thought it was funny. And, you know, there is a little germ of truth to that. And, and in all seriousness, we really just want to encourage people who are millennials um, to bust out of that stereotype and prove that wrong and, and prove that there are um, good millennials out there because I believe there are. I just thought that was really funny. And especially if you look at the media, this is the way the media portrays them. So let's be better than that. And let's prove that song wrong. But in the same, but it is fun. It is fun just to, just to have some humor. And I hope that you enjoyed it. And this next video is kind of along the same lines. (laughs) It's a, it's a John Christ video. So for those of you who, who know who John Christ is, he's a Christian comedian and he often, does funny stuff. I think we shared a, a, a video um, a few months ago on Freeform Friday about writing worship music. And, yes. <laughs> uh, so he's back because he he did a video about sponsoring a millennial, and I just thought it was, again, too funny to pass up. So here's John Christ. I was at church one day, and the speaker that day was um, was different. I just sat there with tears in my eyes, learning about this ministry that was revolutionizing the planet. I'm talking, of course, about Millennial International. The need is enormous. There are over 10 million millennials out there who have graduated with no work ethic, no job, no discernible skills at all, and they have expenses. Housing. Student loans. Credit card debt. And I didn't really realize the magnitude of the problem until I looked into the eyes of a millennial, and I saw that face with the the dead, nothing's happening up here kind of thing. So I went out to the booth after the service, and I talked with the guy, and he really informed me about the devastation that's not being able to fund a millennial lifestyle. Core Power Yoga. Birchbox for men. I looked over all the envelopes, and my heart was really touched when I saw this one particular fellow that I, I just had to get more information about him. He was uh, Declan from Beverly Hills. I am an aspiring photographer. I graduated college with an art degree, so obviously that puts me at a disadvantage. Volkswagen Jetta lease. Beard wax. Spotify premium. In his last letter, he wrote to me and said that his uh, weekend was, oh, how did he put it? Um, Totes lit fam. Literally have no idea what that means. (laughs) Spin cycle membership. Pet food for my rescue dog. Uber's home from a pub crawl. A typical sponsorship program costs $29 a month. Millennial International is actually $2,900 a month. Yeah, it seems expensive at first, but when you see the need, it is so worth it. Trunk Club subscription. Essential oils. Annual pilgrimage to Bethel Church. It's the same as a traditional sponsorship program, uh, except instead of getting, say, a soccer ball for his birthday, he's getting an Audi. Am I capable of having a job? Sure, but I just feel like 
Maybe employment right now would just kind of be stifling my creativity. Through the sponsorship program, they actually set up a chance for us to meet each other in person. I brought him an apple pie that my wife had baked for him, but I totally forgot he's gluten-free, <laughs> so we couldn't eat it. I mean, obviously, I've seen Food Inc., so I don't eat the traditional meals like everybody else. For breakfast, I usually do, like, some kombucha juice. He really didn't have much energy that week, and it turns out, you know, he was on a juice cleanse. And I wanted to respect that. My wish for Declan, oh, gosh, uh, that he would realize his potential in life, that he would be better, achieve more. I've been getting blue ribbons and participation trophies my whole life. What do you expect? For me, if it wasn't for the program, I'd have to get a job. Or worse, start a GoFundMe. Many of these kids in traditional sponsorship programs are fighting diseases like malaria, pneumonia, tuberculosis. And these millennials have the same struggle. Peanut allergies, pollen sensitivity, lactose intolerance. Kids in Africa are getting typhoid. Declan was recently diagnosed with tennis elbow. <laughs> I was originally paying vision and eye care insurance for him, but it turns out his eyeglasses weren't even real. To me, you can't put a price on friendship. Join me in sponsoring a millennial today and help us. Help us. Help us. Help us live the lives we portray on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And there you have it, another piece of millennial humor. And, uh, you know, I guess technically I'm on the edge of millennialism. So I, I'm definitely not saying, once again, that all millennials are bad. But I just thought those two pieces of humor were too good to pass up. And so I hope that you were able to get a chuckle out of these. Um, as I said, leave your feedback uh, the contact information that's about to roll and next week we'll be into April. So I hope that you'll come, Woo. come back to join us for that until next week. This is Andrew Gamison saying, have a great weekend and keep, ser and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gamison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 